You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, Station One listeners, and welcome to another episode. This time we are going back into the Star Wars universe. That's right, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But this time we were looking at Bad Batch. Just finished its first season, and we got to hook up with a lot of clones and saw also some very familiar faces pop up during this first season also. And it was a lot of fun and kind of starting to fill in the spaces between, you know, the end of Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, you know, starting to close that up about what happened, the reaction throughout the universe and the the beginning of the Empire. It was actually a lot of fun, and we got a great crew to talk all about it. And this man, who's going to be my co-host for this evening, definitely not a bad batch about him. Let's, of course, talk to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Hey, man. How are you? You know, I I, I, I could say that uh, there was probably some sort of mishap in the assembly line uh, when I came out. But, you know, that's okay. But just think you could be, you know, voiced by D. Bradley Baker, too. So it's okay. <laughs> Aren't we all anyway? Somewhere down the line, yes. You definitely are. So it's pretty amazing. And I didn't know what to expect about this and it turned out to be a load of fun. So we will be talking all about that this week, but I know most of us have Dragon Con on our minds, so we're pretty much, you know, ready for that. So it should be kind of very interesting to Are see. Are we ready? No, I'm, I'm making it up. <laughs> I am so not ready. The night before we go down on Thursday, I'll be like running around the house like a chicken with his head cut off, you know, yeah. trying to put everything together. What about this? What about that? Oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh, so... It should be a lot of interesting stuff, though, and I'm looking forward to the con. I know a lot of you are, and of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is. He's got a table there, and you'll be able to actually promote your Kickstarter also while you're there. Absolutely. I will be promoting the Kickstarter as well as, uh, you know, my previous efforts. I will have copies of all the books there, and uh, yeah, it should be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, I'll be at, uh, for those people who are listening to this uh, and they haven't gotten there yet, um, I will be at table 520 in the uh, fourth floor of the America's Mart Building 2, which is where the uh, comic book and pop arts alley is. And uh, I will be there And uh, when I'm not on panels, which Mike and I are on quite a number of those as well. Yep, exactly. We've got quite a few. And you can definitely see our schedules up on Facebook. And I think both of us have it up on Instagram. And we're in the app. Exactly. Just look up our names. It's pretty cool. I think they might have actually gotten the things right this year because there's been times in the past where, you know, half the panels I'm on are missing or something like that. Well, if if the panels that I'm, if I'm missing any panels that are not in the app, then I'm supposed to be on a lot more panels than I've ever been on. So, uh, yeah, that'd be crazy. I think I'm on 18, but I think four Woo. of those are virtual. So I'll be just, I'll be slumming it this year. I'll be pretty <laughs> easy. So it should be a lot of fun, though. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at feedback at ourstation1.com. Let us know if you're going to the con. Let us know what you guys thought about Bad Batch. Or, heck, just tell us what's going on. God, you know, as soon as we're done with ba- going to Dragon Con, we have Shang-Chi coming also. 
So it's just like nonstop for us. So it should be a lot of fun and it should be very interesting to see what's going on. A big shout out to our patrons, by the way. Want to say thank you, thank you to everyone who has been donating to the ESO Network Patreon. They have been great. Our numbers have been going up and we have new people joining all the time. Let's say a big howdy to our friend Mike Seals, who just returned back to Patreon. So thank you, thank you, Mike. And you've been a friend of the show, God, for almost since the beginning. And he has been a huge supporter of Earth Station One. And thank you for everything you have done just by listening and, you know, being a friend. It's pretty awesome. And you too can help support the ESO Network Patreon by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network for as little as a dollar. You can help support the ESO Network. Not too shabby, folks. And something else that's not too shabby with Labor Day here, let's, of course, talk to our friends at Tofosi Optical. Tofosi Optics is here, and we've got some amazing glasses that we want to talk about. We have some sunglasses. We have gamer glasses. We have 4K, you know, not the 4K, duh. You have blue light blocking special glasses, and you also, of course, have safety goggles. You have sports goggles, and you also have face shields. There's more stuff up there. They keep on coming out with new material all the time. And you know what? As a way of saying thank you for shopping at Tifosi Optical, you get 10% off your order. Not just one pair of glasses, but your whole order. Put in Earth Station 1 into the coupon code, and you get 10% off your whole order. And you know what? It shows that you're listening to Earth Station 1 and that you're helping support our fine sponsor. Tifosi Optics, check it out. And now we're here with new friend of the show, Shauna Toft. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, welcome to the station, Shana. Um, for those people who may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about what you what you do. Well, I do not have an employer. I am a full time entertainer, and whenever I'm not filming or otherwise performing, I do um, store remodel, reset merchandising whenever I feel like it. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I am mostly an actor, mostly an actor on camera. I do a little bit of theater here and there, um, but I absolutely adore on camera acting. I do a lot of commercials. I do film and television. I MC uh, concerts and different kinds of events. I do some modeling. Um, I'm a self-taught uh, editor for um, my own purposes for self-tapes and things like that, but also scene editing. These days, I'm a director, I'm a producer. Um, I do a little bit of everything. How uh, how long have you been? How long has you have you been bitten by the acting bug? We'll say. How early did that start? Uh, probably from the time I could walk and talk. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been some kind of a performer. Um, I, I was I was really 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 quiet when I was two years old. And then something just flipped a switch and you couldn't shut me up anymore. So <laughs> I was always putting on some kind of a show. Um, <laughs> yeah, so two and a half, three years old, somewhere in there. Do you have a preference as far as, uh, you know, like performing live or, or you know, through film or video? It really depends on what I'm doing because... Um, I don't know. I, I think as far as doing like theater for adults, 
um, you know, the, the, of course, kids go to the theater too, but it's mostly their parents taking them. Um, but that, that is satisfying, but I like, if I'm going to do a, a live show, I want to be able to interact. So I love being able to MC concerts and I love, uh, immersive theater, uh, style, so I can actually interact with the audience. Um, but my my truest love is on-camera acting. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, looking at your or bio on your IMDb page, it says that you started or you were a live Barbie model for Mattel. Is that right? Is that true? Absolutely, yes. How, what? Yep, Tell yeah. us about that. How did, how did that go? <laughs> I still have the letter from Jack Dial, who was the regional manager at the time uh, for the um, for the area that encompasses DFW uh, and, and a, a larger region than that. But I, um, I went to high school in DFW and all growing up, my, um, my mom, I have a mom and a mother. I grew up with my dad and my stepmom. My stepmom is my mom. And she would always, um, she loved it when I would try on like everything in my closet and model it for her and stuff. And she'd call me her little Barbie doll uh, like when we'd have people over or otherwise just for her. Uh, but you know, when, one day when I was in high school, she was just like, you know, you should send your picture to Mattel with a, a letter and just see what they say. Cause I've always thought you looked like a little Barbie doll. Let's see what they think. And I got a letter back and they absolutely thought so too. So I got hired. Um, I got asked to, Uh, go in for a fitting and I got hired to be a live Barbie doll and I got to sign autographs as Barbie and take pictures with uh, people's little girls and and their babies and then you know the little girls' older brothers and you know it was a lot of fun it really was. So this is uh so this was targeted for uh the like as the toy line and for the little girls right because there's some really avid Barbie collectors out there, adult collectors. Right. And so I didn't know if this was, uh, you know, for that purpose or if it was just mainly targeted at the kids. And it was targeted uh, toward the kids, the little girls, you know, but like all kinds of people came out. It was mostly families though. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was, it was a really, really fun thing to do. And I got paid very well to do it <laughs> very nice very so, nice. um yeah I mean the the only reason I stopped doing it is because I met my now ex-husband so <laughs> and I moved I, I take it I take it that wasn't Ken no it definitely <laughs> not Ken if, I mean it wasn't even G.I. Joe <laughs> Um, it also says on your bio that uh, you got a television role in the UK. Um, yeah. Did you actually, were you actually in London or in, in over the seas or how did that work? No, they came here. Um, okay. Yeah, they, uh, they auditioned me live and they, they uh, filmed here because they were doing 
There's a show over in the UK called Vice, which is different than our Vice because that one's about a vice president. And their Vice is like Miami Vice, but it's actually like, you know, crime reenactment. And so Vice UK is a crime show, like an actual crime show. And they were doing a, a documentary on Clay Toomey. And I was Clay Toomey's pregnant wife. Ah, okay. Yeah, in that episode. So yes, I have was that, was that, him, was uh, that creepy? No. <laughs> it wasn't. But you know, I love crime shows anyway, and I watch crime shows. And so just to be a part of one, like I would love to have an uh, an actual ongoing role in a crime show you know like be some like I've, I've been a SWAT officer in two different productions so mm-hmm. why not be a SWAT officer or a, uh, an, an FBI agent or something like that you know I could be a detective or something in a show why is not? there a lot of uh, you know we hear about these sort of patches uh, there's a lot of uh, things that are filmed in the Atlanta area where Mike and I are located um, of course, Toronto, uh, Vancouver, um, there's other pockets of places, of course, LA and New York. Um, and you're in Texas, right? So how yeah. is that market as far as there's, are, are there a lot of opportunities there? Are a lot of things filmed there? We're getting more and more and more. And I tell you, I have not stopped working. Very nice. That's I a good, that like, is a good sign. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, you've also got to be your own advocate. I mean, I have representation. I have multiple representatives and, you know, I, I do book through my primary agent, but more often than not, I book through relationship equity and, you know, just having the gumption to put myself out there and say, Hey, I saw this, you know, I I do run some of the stuff by my uh, my primary agent first mm-hmm. and you know most of the time she'll she'll either say well I already submitted you for that or yeah go ahead and, and if it's something out of her region because they they do have their their regions that they um have the best ties to and if it's if it's out of her region I already know it's totally fine to submit myself but if it's something that she could get for me you know, I, I do check with her first, but there are certain sources that I know that she does not check. And so I'll go ahead and just submit myself uh, in those platforms. And then um, I don't know, I just, I, I don't, I don't stop working. And I know also if it's, if it's under a certain uh, income threshold, I don't have to run it by her either. So I do a lot of, uh, uh smaller budget things that i get myself too nice now you mentioned editing directing uh things but the roles behind the camera interest you as well they do they do um i know (laughs) the first time i edited anything was for my acting class because you know we had to go from an in-person to zoom and so we've got you know the the recordings from multiple people that we have to then piece together so it looks like the scene and for a three minute scene the very first time because I am self-taught with this stuff I never had anybody show me how to do it so I'm just like oh my word Uh, for a three minute scene it took me an hour and a half Mm -hmm. to edit 
<laughs> and I'm a lot faster than that now, but I'm just like, whoo, man, I have so much more respect for the editors and the sound guys. Well, and I, I've got a studio in my house. I have a full studio in my house, but you know, I, I am, um, you know, I am the one who sets up all of the lighting and, uh, and, and the sound. And, you know, I, I, most of the time I have some help with the camera if I need it, but uh, my kids have had to learn how to be crew. <laughs> and um, one, one, of my, one of my sons actually um, has been my crew when, uh, when I've directed. So um, he's, he's had to be my, my PA, my, my first AC, my sound guy, my gaffer, you know, all that stuff. And so he's, he's getting that hands-on stuff. And then uh, all of them, um, we're, we're all actors and we're actually all booked um, in speaking roles. Cause that's important to distinguish. Um, we're all booked in, in speaking roles in an upcoming feature film called Watchdogs. That one is on IMDb. And I can talk about that one a little bit just because it's been announced we were supposed to um, film it this past February in Florida, but you know the way things are, things have been pushed like way back. So unless they decide to go ahead and just film it in Texas or Oklahoma or you know in, in a central state, then um, you know we don't know for sure when that's going to happen. We're hoping for maybe next February, but we shall see. Um, but I I do have. Um, I have three feature films that I was in in July alone, and I'm currently working on a series on a on a big, big series. Very nice, very yeah. nice. That's really nice to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just about to I was just about to ask you if there was anything that you could you know promote so uh, that you want people <laughs> like if right now if anybody wanted to check out your work, is there some highlight that you think uh, that you can point people to? Would it be that UK series? Is that available on like BritBox or streaming or anything? You know, I have yet to even see that, um, but I can point you to a series on YouTube. Um, the channel is Ashe Entertainment, and the series is called Second Chance Romance. So um, most of uh, that, that's an independent series. Most of the stuff that I've been doing that I cannot talk about is um not independent and it's still uh in production so i really i really cannot um one thing that i i did work on that is out it's on hulu and freeform and uh two of my sons and i worked on it for two and a half months and i was actually in the original pilot so i'm actually um credited as a waitress in the original pilot mm -hmm of Cruel Summer and I am uh I'm one of the reporters in in the redone uh version of it because they, they had to recast one of the the main leads mm. uh, after we did the original pilot there was a recasting okay very cool well yeah. um now that we've talked about things you've been in and things you've done now I think it's time to uh turn it over to Mr. Faber and and talk about like what your passions are, uh, what your where your where your passions are when you're not working. So, uh, Mike, I think I think she's ready for the seat. 
She thinks she's ready. People always act like they're ready for this. But, you know, I think she'll do fine, though. She's, you know, she's a Texas girl. So, you know, they're all ready for this type of stuff. Absolutely. Of course. They can handle anything. They're in Texas. Come on. So, it's perfect. All right. Your first question in the geek seat. What was your favorite geek out moment? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, probably um, my my dad had his own plane. And nice. he, and I, uh, he and I used to go flying on the weekends. That was our quality time together. And I think probably my biggest geek out moment was the first time Oh uh, gosh, I, I miss doing this so much too. I'm like geeking out right now. But <laughs> um, my dad and I would, would go up in his plane, and then he would he would kill the engine, and we would do a nose dive, and until like the last possible second, and then he would kick the engine on, and then we would go up into a loop to loop and a barrel roll. Oh wow. Yeah. That is that is awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm totally geeking out just talking about that. So. No, I could tell. That is pretty darn awesome. <laughs> did he did you ever learn how to fly? Um, no. I I I mean, I got to co-pilot, but that was about it. I I I cannot actually legally fly a, an aircraft, but I used to park them. Okay. So. Fair enough. <laughs> I was a marshaler. Okay, gotcha. I was, I was on the ground guiding them in, you know. Mm-hmm, gotcha. And no one said, hey, where's the soda machine? You went, over there? And the plane starts yeah. going over that way. Totally, totally. So, that is awesome. What's your most disappointing geek out moment? Um, probably, probably after maybe during and after watching Insidious because that really? was supposed to be such a mind bender and I was just bored. Gotcha. No, that totally makes sense. It just didn't do it for you. No. Okay. <laughs> no. And that's cool. Cause you know, everyone has certain things they like and people come to me and go, Oh, you'd love this show. And I watch the first couple episodes or, and it's just like, Really? I'm wasting my time on this or it's just, I don't see what they see in this, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So I do understand that. What geeks you out the most? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking like every time I'm on set, <laughs> I just, I have, it brings so much joy and I'm such a dork. Like when, when we're, when we're just, in holding or whatever between takes and stuff but it just it, it makes me so happy like I, I don't when, when I get to work with household name people it's like you know I used to chauffeur some of these people and they are just people and I get to talk to um I get to talk to a celebrity at least every week on uh, when uh, my my acting coach for example, um, is is a celebrity, and uh, I, I get to talk to him every single week, at least. And I, you know, it's like it's not a big deal. They're just, you know, they're 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 household names, but they're 
just people. So, that is awesome. Yeah. No, and I totally can understand that. That that is very interesting. I'm going to be very curious. The answer to this one, though, is you know what turns your geek off. Ah, <sighs> when when somebody is it. it I don't know, like like when when you meet somebody that you think should be pretty stinking cool, and then they're just really rude, you know. Like, um, I don't I don't want to out anybody on a recording, but um, I, I met this this one particular individual who, like, I loved watching him on TV. But meeting him, he is just the biggest jerk in the world. And I was just, you know, like, mm, no, I'm not going to geek out about that at all. That's cool. So. We're, we're not even going to ask you to blur the person's name or right. hint or anything like that. And it's okay if it's George Clooney or not. So it's okay. <laughs> no, I haven't met him yet. But uh, no, I, most, most, of the, most of the people that I get to meet are actually pretty awesome. Um, I wish I could tell you who I just got to talk to, but I'm working with them right now. So nope. keep <laughs> your mouth shut. Nope, nope, nope. Can't say nope. A word, we don't want, we don't want you to lose a job or something because you talk to us. It just gives us an excuse to have her back. Exactly. There you go. There you go. There, there we go. <laughs> what fictional character would you like to meet the most? Maleficent. Really? Yes. And not 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 the recreated that that movie the Angelina Jolie Maleficent was just really really weird, but I mean the original you oh, know Sleeping Beauty one Sleeping Beauty bad Maleficent yeah. awesome that is cool and yeah. would you want to go grab a drink with her or would you just want to just talk to her well, I think yeah. I think I would just want to be like, you know, hey, what's your damage? <laughs> you know, Why are you what's your problem? Right? <laughs> you know, why are you so, why are you so angry? You know, I, I think I think I would just want to like like chill with her and and just be like, hey, it's not so bad. Let's look at the flip side of that. What fictional character would you not like to meet? Um. Barney. You and me both. You and me both. I was ready to rip that head off that purple dinosaur when my son was growing up. <laughs> well, hey, kids, come on now. Hey. Yeah, no, you couldn't pay me enough to wear that no. suit, I think. No, 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 no. And take it from one who was Chuck E. Cheese once. So oh I understand. I understand. What is your favorite geek word phrase quote or pose oh gosh what is something that i say all the time i know i have a lot of isms i do i do but the only one that i can think of right this very second is ginormous ginormous and you yeah, use I, that I, in I, everyday I, conversation well, yeah because it's you know i mean stuff is ginormous in texas I was going to say, she's in Texas, Mike. Of course. Of course she does. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm trying, trying to think about like what, what, what else? Like I say all the time. Cause I'm just like, I know there are things. There are definitely things, but I, I can't think right now. 
That's okay. That is totally okay. Well, that's good. Ginormous. Ginormous. What is your ideal geek occupation? You know, I always wanted to either be a chemical engineer, which I started out going to school for, or a neurologist, neurosurgeon, oh. actually. Wow. Yes. Wowie wow. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Because you just want to, you know, operate on people's brains and such. Well, I love watching surgeries. Really? You're one of those. Yeah, like, Got it. When, when I was a teenager, no, I would totally geek out just watching the Discovery Channel because I like watching surgeries. Cool. Do I like you know like any anything anything medical especially if it's you know gross or whatever except for Doctor Pepper Popper I, I have no interest in in that oh yeah yeah so, you know like like when when you're getting in there and seeing like you know how stuff works and you're getting in there and you're fixing it and you know it it doesn't it doesn't bother me that you know stuff that people faint over you know it it, it I just, I, I don't have a weak stomach and I'm very, very much interested in how the human body works and how to get in there and fix it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That is really cool. Actually. What geek occupation would you not want to do? I probably would not want to work in it. Number one answer right here on the show. As much as I love technology. Very common. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. That is awesome. All right. Are you ready for your final question? The geek sure. seat. All right. This is for all the marbles. So, you know, this really counts. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? Oh, yay. 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 I say this <laughs> on every podcast. Yay. All right. Um, wow. So, um, you know, everybody just about loves Keanu, right? Of and course. I have I have all three of the John Wick posters up on my wall. And my my fantasy, my geek out fantasy is to work with Keanu on John Wick four and or five. I'm just no. that we're gonna make it happen. I could see it happening. Yeah. I really <laughs> could see this happening. That this one might become reality for you. I could really see this. You know, if I put it out there enough time, somebody's going to hear it and be like, hey, I have connections. <laughs> so. That is, yeah, well, you know, we do have people who listen to the show, so. Exactly. You would be surprised. You never know. She's yeah. available, folks. And she has a, her own gun. She's ready for John Wick. She's coming for her. Absolutely. Well, you know, everybody gets beaten up by John Wick. In their I movies, don't care. So I guess you're fantasy is to get beaten up by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just remember, but just remember, don't touch yeah. the puppy. Just don't well, touch the puppy. Exactly. Don't touch the puppy. You know, I would totally be love interest or adversary. Either one. I am happy either way. Let him kick my butt or let him kiss it. I don't care. You know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I got some great news for you, Shanna. You have made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young lady what she's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESN Network, a value easily worth $52.08. Woohoo! Or, or as Mike said, all the money. 
but I don't, that's a lot of marbles. So I have no idea how we would transport that. <laughs> so, so uh, it's been great having you join us. Um, for those people who want to follow you, check out what you've done, what you're about to do, because it sounds like you're part of some exciting new projects. Where should they go online to, to check you out? Um, you can check me out on Instagram at Shauna Toft. That is S-H-A-N-N-A-T-O-F-T. I will phonetically spell that for you. Sierra Hotel Alpha, November, November Alpha, Tango, Oscar, Foxtrot, Tango. Now and- that's a talent right there. Thank you. Thank you. And I am on Facebook as well. Um, I My public page is facebook.com slash IMDB Shauna Toft. Again, that's same spelling, S-H-A-N-N-A-T-O-F-T. That is IMDB Shauna Toft for Facebook. Or you can just go to IMDB at www.imdb.me slash Shauna Toft. Once again, that is S-H-A-N-N-A-T-O-F-T, phonetically spelled Sierra Hotel Alpha November November Alpha Tango Oscar Foxtrot Tango. Wow. She's just well, doing we'll, that so we don't mispronounce her name again. I tell you what, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have links in the show notes so that if people cannot still follow it, although I don't know why they wouldn't be able to, they can just uh, click on the links and, and see what you're doing. So, awesome. and, uh, and hopefully after you're done doing all those exciting things, you'll come back and tell us all about you it. You bet. Especially yeah. the John John Wick role. You definitely oh, have to tell. Oh, him. yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment, and we are going to be talking about Star Wars, the bad guy. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic Rock Talk Show moment, and as you probably know, it has been a very rough week in the world of music. On Sunday, Lee Scratch Perry uh, passed away in Jamaica at age 85. Uh, You may not know his name, but you know what he's done. He was a legendary uh, reggae producer who helped establish the career of Bob Marley and the Wailers. He also worked with Moby, George Clinton, Paul McCartney, the Beastie Boys, among others. His style of dub production uh, has influenced a lot of stuff going on now, dance music and hip-hop, uh, very influential, even though you may not know his name. Also on August 22nd, Don Everly, of course, half of the famous Everly Brothers. Their harmonies and their guitar style were right on the intersection of pop and country when they came out. And they are one of 12 acts to be in both the Rock and Roll and Country Hall of Fames, as well as the Vocal Group Hall of Fame. They influenced the sound of artists like Simon and Garfunkel, uh, the Beach Boys, the Bee Gees, and especially Lennon and McCartney, who just idolized them. And of course, on August 24th at age 80, the music world lost Charlie Watts, drummer for the Rolling Stones, uh, first and foremost, a jazz drummer, one of the finest drummers of our era. Beloved by fans, beloved by other musicians, and especially by his bandmates. Uh, a man of style and class, and I don't think you will hear anybody say anything bad about Charlie Watts. So many people called him the heart of the Stones, including his bandmates. Uh, he was first and foremost a jazz drummer, and uh, his jazz records with his uh, quintet, his tentet, and his big band were uh, labors of love for the music he loved the most. 
if you want to pay tribute to Charlie, uh, go on, on YouTube and uh, try out some of his uh, jazz records. Uh, you'll see a guy happy to be just part of the band, uh, playing the music that he loved the most. And all three of these gentlemen will be long remembered and long missed. Uh, this has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. Hopefully... Uh, next week will be a little happier one. We will catch you next time. How did watchdog groups with no experience in television take a controlling interest on Saturday morning television? When did Wonder Woman make her animated debut? Want to know why there were two competing Ghostbuster shows? How Atari changed the Saturday morning landscape. How did networks compete over similar genres at the same time? Find out all of this and more on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. A proud member of the ESO Network. A test is in order. Five enhanced clones. More capable than an army. Yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience in disregard for orders. Nothing but trouble. But we get the job done. You'll climb Force 99. You know who we are. Hunter. Let's go. Echo. Hyperdrive's online. Tick. Prepping to jump. Wrecker. Let's blow something up. And cross here. Your move. We're all you need. I want Clone Force 99 found and wiped out. The galaxy's a dangerous place to be. We need to get out of here. What do you say, kid? You want to come with us? How can I help? Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. The decision is yours. We do what we do. Strap in, kid. Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we are going to be talking about Clone Force 99, otherwise known as the Bad Batch. Absolutely. Um, the series uh, came out of, it's a spinoff of um, Clone Wars, but that's sort of doing it in injustice, I think, because it stands off, but it becomes so much more than that. And uh, we have a great crew to talk all about the first season, starting with, of course, uh, Ashley Pauls is back with us to talk Star Wars. Surprise, surprise. I know. some For some reason, people think that Star Wars is a franchise I kind of like or something like that. I just saw your pictures of you and your dad at the con again. <laughs> Come on. Hello. You know what? Whenever I go to a con, people think I went to a Star Wars con because literally most of my photos are of like Star Wars cosplay and I'm in Star Wars cosplay. But no, it was a general con. I just tend to get focused in on that one thing. I was going to ask you, do you, have you ever cosplayed as something outside of Star Wars? 
I, I take it that's a no. I no, that was that was a complete no right now. there. <laughs> I don't think I've done a serious cosplay. I've done some casual costumes, but none of my serious cosplays are anything but Star Wars. So, Mike, okay. don't you know every day she goes as, as cosplaying as a movie reviewer? Hello, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, and we also have joining us uh, after too long of absence. Melody Dean is here. Hello, everyone. Howdy, Melanie. How's our, how are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm excited to be talking about something that's not Doctor Who. So it's yes, kind of like, ah, Star Wars Bad Batch. What? Okay. About, I had no idea that. Now, are you, before we get into Bad Batch, are you a overall Star Wars fan or a specific Star Wars fan? I would say over. Uh, Okay, so overall, in that I have not read a, much of Expanded Universe, although because I go to the cons and the last one I went to, I was too down from Timothy Zahn. I uh, got to chatting with him, so he kind of, I, I asked him, like, look, I know about Thrawn, everybody, all my fr- friends and, and everything, tell, told what went complete ape. Mm-hmm when you know he came into rebels so and then we're like you need to watch you need to read this and this and this and this so i told him i would like to become that where do i start so he 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 told me to start with thrawn and not heir to the empire oddly enough so i'm starting that i do Um, but no i'm 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 a pretty decent fan i did course of the force when it was running uh so i can totally understand that we really, you know, had to fight Melanie because she wanted to be talking as Omega the whole time, you know, <laughs> while she was here. I, I think that would be uh, difficult even for, uh, you know, uh, Michelle Hank, uh, although I'm not sure because uh, maybe that's her. Actual, I don't know. I've never heard her in person, so I don't know if she actually sounds like that. But um, that New Zealand accent, that Kiwi accent. Um, but um, we'll get to talk all about that. Um, obviously, Bad Batch uh, started off as a like a one storyline at the tail end of the Clone Wars. Um, and uh, who knew that it was grow, grew, grow into a, its own series. So after watching that particular storyline, and then once you found out that this, these characters were going to come back in an in entire series, uh, we'll start with you, Melanie. What what was your thoughts about that? What were your expectations going into this? Well, I when they said they were going to bring the Bad Batch back, I mean, the the when they were introduced during Clone Wars, the biggest reason was like to, to really push the arc of Echo coming back. And after we had already seen, you know, Fives having such an amazing arc, and I still miss that boy, that we get another Domino Squad member, you know, back. So when they said that, you know, when, when Rex kind of said, you have, you know, your own path, and he went off to be with Bad Batch, they said Bad Batch was coming, and I'm like, oh, we could see Echo. Now we get to see what he's going to be like with the Bad Batch. And there was so many great characters that I I, I thought it was they already had made ke- great chemistry of those characters, but even just just with Wrecker and Crosshair back in Clone Wars, you know, one upping each other, and just having that kind of brotherly kind of fun. So I was just excited that okay, let's see what stories is going to happen. And knowing it's Filoni, he's going to I don't say retrofit a lot of canon in there, but he he does it in that way to that that just he's just world builds and it just is amazing so i just knew that bad batch is going i trust feloni so i was just excited all around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ashley what about you well the uh animated clone wars series is actually one of my favorite things about star wars i remember when it premiered when i was in college and i would be excited to like watch each episode and i particularly enjoyed the clone 
focused storylines because, you know, when you watch Attack of the Clones, they're a bunch of faceless soldiers, but what the Clone Wars did so well is show how these are people, they do have their own personalities, and yet they're kind of being forced to serve as this faceless army. So I really enjoyed seeing the Clone Wars dig deeper to them. I know that the final season that premiered on Disney Plus, a lot of the hype was on like Ahsoka, Darth Maul, and the fall of Anakin, but I really enjoyed the Bad Batch episodes that opened the season. I thought the characters had great chemistry. They were super fun. And so I was really excited to see them get their own spinoff series. And I was at first thinking it might just be a little mini series, but they pretty much expanded it out over a whole season. Now we're getting a second season. So I really do enjoy these characters and I'm glad we're going to be getting more um, animated clone storytelling in Star Wars. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. You said that there's great chemistry. It's funny because they're all voiced I by know, the same yeah, guy. It's so a it's deep like, Bradley Bay yeah. castle in overtime. <laughs> He's got he's got great chemistry with himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I do wonder how those recording sessions go. I mean, does he switch back and forth? Does he do one guy what like for one story and then he kind of goes back and does another guy character? Like I don't know how he. I've actually that. seen him at cons and he goes from character to character just like that on a whim, and it's it's amazing and how he comes up with all these different voices that fit the personalities specifically for each character is just amazing even though they're technically supposed to be clones of each other you know sure. type thing which is yeah. pretty awesome i mean that's the beauty of it right they're all uh even um omega is you know i'm surprised he's not uh, voicing her as well because they're all you know they're a batch they're all made from the same genetic Wait till she hits puberty <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, right right um yeah they're all this, uh, made from the same source so to speak mm-hmm. uh mike what were you expecting uh go with this series it was interesting because like you know with mel and with Ashley, it was real interesting because I loved their premiere and I loved the premise that, you know, they were involved in bringing Echo back to the series because everyone thought he had been killed off. Mm -hmm. And it was really neat to see him going off with them. And then when they announced that they were bringing the series together, I was like, I was a little skeptical at first. I liked the characters, but I didn't think know if they would be strong enough to be able to handle their own series. And that's truthfully was what got me going, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. And I loved how in the very first episode, they dealt with Order 66 mm-hmm. right yeah. there. They did not back away from that they didn't make it a couple episodes in or at the end of the first season you and i thought that was perfect Mm -hmm. and and i just love truthfully how they tied it right away into rebels yeah without you know boom right there from the very first episode surprise guess which paddle one it is exactly and that was that was just awesome Mm-hmm. And I loved how Order 66 didn't affect most of the batch. I like, but there was a certain one. And I'm, I thought it was perfect that it was Crosshair. That, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it affected the most. 
and I'm using air quotes because you find out more later in the series. <laughs> And we won't and, be spoiling this. By oh, way. I know. We talk- who, I know. But anybody who's listening to this, if we haven't mentioned it yet, we will be spoiling uh, the entire season. So. Oh, yeah. You know, we've already spoiled it by saying what happened in the first episode there. You right, know. Right. But I mean, even the last episode, we will probably spoil as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, very um, much so. But yeah. And that's the one thing I liked about it, because each one of the Bad Batch had their own distinct personality. There, no two of them were exactly the same. And that's what made it a unique series yeah they literally are like brothers yes um um, and uh they've got that brotherhood there um uh like you guys i mean i i i enjoyed the bad batch episodes um you know they were nice they were nice characters to have around while the main focus of course that storyline in clone wars was really more about watching anakin get darker Mm -hmm. um and uh, but that, but they were kind of a nice balance to have while that was going on. Um, and uh, when it was announced uh, that they were going to do a series, of course, my main question, and you know, this is answered pretty much right away, is that is Dave Filoni going to be involved? And if so, then I'm on board because, as far as I'm concerned, Clone Wars uh, and Rebels are my favorite two. Star Wars shows, um, and uh, I won't go so far as to say that I, they beat some of the movies, but I mean they're just so rich, and it's it's one of those things where it's like I can't decide which one I like more because when I when I think about it, that's like oh I like Rebels more, and then I watch Clone Wars, and I'm like no no I watch I like Clone Wars more, and then I'll watch Rebels and be like no no I like Rebels more, like it really is. <laughs> although Rebels does have my favorite ever storyline if you have ahsoka darth maul and darth vader in the same storyline like that's hard to beat that mm-hmm. that storyline i mean that just that that's a peak that oh, that that rivals any of the star wars movies in my opinion uh but so i was on board i didn't know what to expect what i didn't expect was uh, I mean, I thought it would be an interesting show, but what I didn't, and what I should have known is that Star Wars, uh, that Dave Filoni always kind of fools you. He, he presents something like, hey, we're going to tell these fun adventures, but then there's always something happening underneath that once you start watching it and get involved, you're like, oh my God, this is like some really serious stuff that's going on. Um, you know, it looks like, like Clone Wars, when it first premiered, looked like it was just going to be for kids. Um, and even Rebels did too. But um, Bad Batch doesn't make that mistake right away, it, or it doesn't actually have that right away where it's, it looks like it's for kids because it's going based on the same, you know, based on the, the Clone Wars. But um, what I didn't expect is that what the Bad Batch is going to do is this is not intended to be just a short little, like, eight episode or 12 episode or whatever se- season series. No, no, we're going to use this to bridge Clone Wars and Rebels. So, I mean, we find that out in the very first episode, as you guys already said, because, you know, we, we and then we've seen so many other characters from Rebels and even a few from Clone Wars, of course, mm-hmm. appear so far that it's obvious that and, and not just not just to bridge those two, but to actually show you what it's going to what it's like in the universe when the when the Republic becomes the Empire and and how they're stamping out free will and individuality and what better way to present that than by showing some clones that are unique and trying to find their own voices. I mean, it's just, 
it's such a genius idea that I was like, my God. And, and I don't know when they thought of this. I don't know if this came to, if this, you know, cause it didn't feel like bad batch. The storyline during clone wars was a backdoor pilot, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet that's what it ends up being. And I think it's uh, like right away, we jump right into order 66 and we get that, that brutal, that brutal moment in star Wars history. Um, we start off with that, and of course, you know, it's it's all conflicted from there on in. And it's just um, a very interesting series, I think, and a very intense one, I think. Oh, very much so. It's, um, it's amazing that way. So, uh, so like, as far as making that bridge and, 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 and having, like, the storyline play out with the, the, the Republic becoming the Empire... Is is that something that you guys suspected was going to happen, or what? Do you, how are you feeling about how that's playing out so far? Uh, Ashley, we'll start with you. Yeah, I am always interested in shows, books, movies, etc., that can kind of fill in as some connective tissue between the Star Wars stories we've already had, and so I think that's really interesting to kind of tell the story of what happened to the clone army because you have in the prequels, all these clones that are filling out the Republic's troops. And then by the time you get to the Empire, you have just random recruits who aren't always that good of shots as we saw with those poor stormtroopers in the Death Star. <laughs> so how do you get from elite Jango Fett clones to this? So I'm kind of glad they're going to be delving into that and then why the cloning operation shut down what the empire has going on. And actually I would be curious to see if maybe they'll even jump ahead a little bit to some stuff for the sequel trilogy, like showing the emperor's interest in doing some secret cloning projects and what all he has going on with his jar full of Snokes and that creepy lab. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see them kind of explore some of those um, corners of the Star Wars universe we haven't maybe seen before. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, at the, in the last episode of the season, when we see that clone scientist go off to do whatever projects the empire wants, you know, obviously in our heads, we're thinking Palpatine clones. We're thinking Yoda clones. Yeah. We're thinking like, I mean, it's got implications for you're right. Other things in the star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. So um, you're right. They are connecting more than just uh, rebels and, and they're going like, Filoni's really good at that right like he knows his Star Wars and he just Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's almost like I know um Melanie you pointed out like world building but it's almost like he's like no no the world's already here I just need to make we just need to make these connections right yeah exactly even ties into Mandalorian yeah yeah and and it's it's just amazing how everything just is like falling into place it's almost like you know, you're op- like how at Christmas time you have that little Avent calendar. It's like you're lifting the little doors up in some ways, and that's what it almost feels like. The um uh uh so uh, Melly, what about your views on on how things are playing now? I, I 
I think it's just building on what everyone else is saying. It's, it's that connective tissue that we're starting to see all those little pieces just appearing and going, Oh, so that's what that is right now. It's just behind glass and it's kind of opaque and going, aha, I knew that's what that, that, that shape was, you know, like when, when, when you're young and you get those sticker sets and it's got like a little white outline and you finally get the sticker and you put it on there. Like oh, that's that, who that person is. That's kind of like the stickers have been printed. The background pages have been printed. We are just now when these storytelling kind of from Filoni and everybody else being told what all those things are. So like, I'm still, again, not the biggest background person when it comes to Thrawn, but when I was watching with uh, Bad Batch that last episode, and again, sorry guys, spoilers, 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 on my little text thread, everyone's like, that's Wayland, that's Wayland, that's the planet Wayland, that's where, it's, where it, in, the, in the Thrawn trilogy, blah, 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 blah. and I'm going, y'all, I don't know what you're talking about, and then, of course, that's when they have to explain everything to me, and I'm like, okay, fine, I'll get there when I start reading faster, but now it's also a, when we start surmising that, is it Grogu? Could Grogu be there? Because remember, he's 50. In, mm-hmm. in, in, and, and Ahsoka had told him in The Mandalorian that, you know, his, his memories is, are kind of fuzzy or it's all, that part's all dark. So maybe he's hanging out there. We don't know. But um, to, to Ashley's point, knowing that TK numbers started showing up and like tech putting in a clone code and going, I don't know what a TK is. What's a TK number? What the heck is this? And <laughs> So we're kind of learning, well, when did TK, you know, where, where are you? 421. Um, we're going to find out. We, we now know when TK numbers came out. Okay. That's regular clone. You know, those really, that's um, not commissioned people. Um, I can't think of the word. Like it's people. people. Non-clones. Yeah. Non-clones. Um, but now I want to know when were all the clones decommissioned? Because that's something Ezra points out. That's another point that other. So maybe that's something we'll learn. How were they decommissioned? Because they were still on. They were still working and and on um, the the Venator the class ships when when Rampart you know when took Camino out. Which by the way, when they had once again we have Grand Moff, uh, Moff Tarkin kind of saying fire when ready. I was just like, <gasps> you know, just connecting that again, yeah. but. When you, you see him in Star Wars going... say that, he says it nonchalantly, and you're thinking, mm-hmm. well, he just says this every day. And you realize after uh, watching all these things, you're like, wow, he did really say that every other yeah, day. He did <laughs> say that a lot. He really just fired when we're, okay, go ahead, y'all. But I think we're going to see a lot more of that connectivity happening. And it's just, there's so many different things that I've always kind of pondered. Well, whatever happened to the clones? And hopefully in season two of Bad Batch, we'll kind of maybe start getting there and figuring it out it probably won't be pretty it probably no, that's won't exactly. and, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's all what I they is, did to camino i don't expect what happened i don't to and we still haven't pretty. seen wolf yet we knew we got gregor so from rebels we knew gregor wolf and rex all end up you know living the retired life fishing out in the sand so where's wolf so maybe we'll figure the, uh, out more rex on that the and adventures. in addition to the connective threads um that Filoni always likes to play with. He also does a great job at creating new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and although sometimes I feel like, and I don't know if it, this is just his plan, but certainly it's a repetitive thing, I think, with him. Because when I first watched uh, the movie Clone Wars and then even the first uh, season, I was not a big Ahsoka fan. Um, I thought I just shut, found her annoying. Um, same thing with Ezra in rebels i was like wow this kid's kind of annoying so bad batch gives us omega (laughs) now 
Um, yeah, she she's kind of annoying. I think less so than maybe those two were when they started out. But Mike, we'll start with you. How do you feel about the addition of Omega? At first, I was just like, oh, they're going to do the cute little kid sidekick. And I was just rolling my eyes about it. But she's actually become a great member of the team. And I could see her growing and becoming very efficient with that crossbow. And I definitely – and she has a lot of knowledge about the clones. She was there when all these clones were being created in the lab. There's a lot they haven't even started scratching on the surface. That's the beauty of, I think, her character is that she's not younger than – she's older Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Her body might be, you know, what, 10 years old or 11 years old. But, you know, her mind and her, you know, she's probably been in at least 30 years, I would have to say. And might be one of the first. I would almost expect that possibly. So, but then again, with clones, if if you go by what the films were, she, how long has it been since Attack of the Clones and they started creating the clone armies and stuff like that. Yeah, not really. That's math. I yeah, know. I know. We're not going to start getting there. Folks. Well, I mean, Boba was Alpha, so and she's Omega. So I don't know whether or not they were, how far they the two of them, the separation of when they were created. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was right after one another, but in my in my kind of little headcanon is that they're, they're would around be the same age. around the same age. So wow. I, I'm almost no, I didn't even praying that, that Book of Boba Fett, maybe we see Omega. Yeah, and has she has she, has she grown up? Maybe, maybe. Bad batch armor, I'll be happy. Well, because she's alpha, and then there's omega, and then there's there has to be you know beta, gamma, you know, <laughs> all the re- yeah. There's others also out there. And Who knew so, the Star Wars universe had Latin? Everything has Latin, my friend. <laughs> I Come see, on. right? Of course. Da, but yeah, I I've her character grew on me. You know, she's not my favorite character because she's the first one always to get into trouble on this, you know. And so, you know, that's one step above Jar Jar Binks right there. But, you know, but it's I like her a lot more than Jar Jar. I was going to say, I'm like, that's me. (laughs) Like, uh, I see several steps above uh, Jar Jar, I think. But um, Ashley, what about you? How do you how do you feel about Omega? Yeah, I'm kind of a lot of the same uh, thoughts. I I wondered at first, oh man, is this character going to be a little too precocious? But I really like that they ended up emphasizing the found family concept. That's one of my very favorite things in Star Wars. The idea that just because you're not all blood relatives, I guess in this case they are, yes, literally genetic relatives, but (laughs) you can form a family unit that means something special. And I like how they integrate her into the unit and they each have their own strengths going on missions and they talk together about what they want to do so she ended up not just feeling like this kid's sidekick but she's really a part of the family and she's a part of their decision making and what they decide to do so I think they integrated her in a really great way and yeah I would absolutely love for her to show up in uh, the book of Boba Fett and I can't wait to see again how all these things are going to end up tying together. We don't. We don't want to spoil her of whether or not you know what her fate is here. So, because or what her role is here, right? So we're gonna have to wait. I think a little bit for the Bad Batch to play out. Oh yeah. Uh, until she like you know pops up, maybe in season two. There we go. There we go. Like, oh. <laughs> like in book yeah. two or three or whatever. 
So, yeah. Either uh, that, she'll be in the very last scene of the first season. You know, <laughs> she'll be probably. It's May. Yeah. It's Omega. Because <laughs> we already had Fennec Shand show up in. We did. In, in this, in Bad Batch, which was amazing. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was a highlight. Um, uh, any other words on uh, Omega Melon? I, I was that same kind of trepidation at first with the when when they introduced her character in the okay they're gonna have the cute kid and kind of realizing no she is very well balanced that she's very she's a very well balanced character that yes she is a child so we're not gonna make it sound like see her walking around carry herself like she's an adult she has all this information and that she's you know completely act you know actualized the fact that they had like when when they visit cut and sue and cut has to kind of show look she's just a kid don't don't yell at her you know kind of showing that kind of teaching them how to be a little bit more family than just soldier which that is very much a star wars thing is family it is those kind of those bonds whether they're uh familial or you know parent you know parental or sibling or you know all that kind of fun stuff but i i like where omega's going i like that they didn't she's very much still a child she's not necessarily like a child soldier where she's having her innocence taken away from her but she is being shown that she's one smart cookie when it comes to strategy and with along with Sid, oh, she's gonna own that that entire bar. She's gonna run everybody's. So oh, she's gonna make so much money. That child. I paid off all so, your debts. I, Here I you go. Right. <laughs> I uh, I think also true. I think uh, everything you said, guys said. I think she's also there. The the group's moral compass. Um, the Bad Batch. Though uh, they're just so they were just soldiers. They just took or- followed orders, right? Um, but when order 66 came, they weren't compelled to follow that order and that threw everything that they kind of knew into question. And I think they're at least this first season, they're still trying to figure that out. Like, where do they stand? Because it does take them a while to understand that the, that the, that the empire that's building is not the Republic. And so where do they, where, where is their place in all of that? Um, because they're not, they're not yet rebels, um no not at all but they're definitely not imperials either so um i think you know obviously they're gonna end up making the decision to be rebels at some point and then they're kind of being forced into it you know (laughs) well you know if you the empire doesn't give you a choice you're either with them or you follow them or you're against them Mm-hmm. Yeah, too bad Crosshair hasn't realized that yet. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. So, well, it's like um, Tech says that they're deserters when they were when uh like yep Echo when they were going to see Cut and Sue. You know, Echo's like, "What? We're going to go see a bunch of deserters?" And 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 Tech's is like, "Well, we're all deserters now. So right now, that's where it's <laughs> kind of where they're at." Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. What's um? It's a big series. I know that a lot was covered in this first season. Uh, but what was a highlight moment for you? Uh, we'll start with you, Ashley. What was a highlight, either episode or scene or story point? I was kind of surprised um, by the final few episodes and just how emotional it was seeing Camino be destroyed. Like all the ethical issues aside of like creating a clone army, this was kind of the home world for the clones and seeing the Empire just basically devastate that you know they don't care about you know destroying all this technology all these people and all their livelihoods that's just what the empire does like they decided it's inconvenient to have this and just seeing the 
emotions that the clones have gone through. And there were some really tense scenes with them being trapped in the pieces of the structure that sink in the ocean. And then as they're crawling down that glass tube and like the cracks are starting again, like this is, some people might write this off as like a kid's animated show, but there's some pretty intensive scenes in there. So I, um, I really enjoyed that arc. And then um, other highlights for me, just anything Wrecker does. I love Wrecker so much. He's just hilarious. He has a heart of gold and likes to punch stuff. And he's a great big brother to Omega. So pretty much anytime he's on screen, that's a favorite for me. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of like you surprised that, that, the destruction of Camino was emotional for me because we'd seen it a few times, but we didn't have right. anything really like emotionally invested in it. But I think because of the clones and even at that point, you know, they don't really have, it's not like they, I mean, obviously they, that was their home base, but, um, but, but also the, just the needless yes. waste of the empire to destroy it. It's like, mm -hmm. why couldn't you just take it over? Why do you have to have it destroyed? Because, because that's the way the emperor works, right? Like this is representing the old way of doing things and we don't do things that way. And if you don't do things our way, you got to go. And uh, we got to send a message too to everybody else saying, if you don't play ball with us, this is what happens. Yeah, you. it was a very heavy moment symbolically. And it's again, interesting. If they had showed this scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it would not have hit the same as now we have gone through the entire Clone Wars series and then watched The Bad Batch. Yeah, and then there's also uh, it's he's not a he's not quite an admiral. What is, I, I can't think of the emperor imperial's name. That's the head of the fleet that's destroying Camino. Um, yes, thank you. Um, but you know he's just enjoying it yeah. a little bit too much, right? <laughs> he's not he's not yeah. afraid to take these orders. No, no, he 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 likes doing this a little bit too much. Um, what about what about you, Melanie? What's a, what's a highlight for you this season? Um, I'm going to go with just the chips in general and that we didn't really know much about the inhibitor chips. We, I mean, we knew enough like with fives, we knew enough, but we knew what order 66 was coming and that when Tup, you know, it, his malfunction, then fives figured it out and da, 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 and Palpatine snubbed that very, very quickly so that nobody knew about chips. But now with the, with the entire series uh, season for this one, we kept hearing we we had so many things about chips going on. With was records going to activate? Because he kept his head, he kept banging that boy banged his head so many times, and we're all freaking out every episode. Going, oh my god, here he comes, keeps getting here comes, headaches. Here he keeps getting headaches. You're right? like, oh, this is I'm not like, good. Oh. He's a giant concussion waiting <laughs> yes. to happen. You know, uh, and then so now, you, and plus you have crosshair, his chip, and then him saying, oh no, I had it, you know, taken out. I'm like, no, you had it enhanced. Hunter turned his head a little bit more, and you know, me and everybody else on on Disney Plus with our things like zooming in, enhance, yelling, enhance <laughs> to our screens, trying to look in that gnarled pattern, going, where's the scar? there needs to be yeah so you it's it's so much about the chips in here we never really got to really dive deep about them and whether or not were they something that they once they pinged on they just turned a person crazy or what about hauser he wasn't a mutant kind of or genetically enhanced mutated clone hauser and some of his men laid down their arms because they were like no this isn't this isn't right so 
are the chips do they all malfunction do they have a, a do they just kind of ping at different times when order like order 66 happens and now they go dormant again or was crosshair with his chip the whole time or just that as he's saying it's taken out to just ping that one time and now we just realize he's just gone cray cray damn it give me my next year next season give me my redemption arc man give me my redemption arc i love that guy (laughs) no i'm thinking mostly the chip is mostly you know it basically it doesn't turn him evil it continues what they're doing but it basically makes him turn against the jedi and that's what the order was for and that's what it seemed more about than just being a slave to the empire empire and everything and most of those soldiers were not you know you know were already you know yes sir no sir whatever you know type thing so they just went on duty but they had more some of them had more morals and were more looser than others and that's what we saw with some of the characters this yeah, season there's, there's six, and I th- the fact I, that there's 66 orders at least makes me wonder like how yes. many orders can that chip like really be responsible for like you know it's like all mm-hmm. of a sudden the emperor's like hate jedi like kill jedi that's order 66 Order 64 is like kill Jawas or order 60 <laughs> like, or 70 is like, you know, um, take out, I don't know, any, I don't know, just anybody. I was going to name them. Nobody is a trivial in a Star Wars universe, I guess. So I can't really pick on someone no. trivial by, like that. But, but the point is, is that like, I like you, Mike, I, I think but prior to this show, I thought that the chips were just basically designed to take out the Jedi and a controlled Jedi. But now with this show, I'm wondering if there's more to those chips than that. And I think Omega, I think Omega has kind yeah. of said, said, hinted that there are, well, said that there are. Um, and we've seen that. But yeah, it's a big question. As you pointed out, Melanie, like, I don't know what, uh, you know, I don't, as far as Crosshair goes, we have his word for it, you know, we take his word, but when was that, you know, was that before Order 66? Was it, you know, is he, when is he making these decisions? And it's kind of cool to have one guy, obviously, you know, be on the other side for a little while. Well, face it, Crosshair's just a jerk. He's a jerk, Come but man, on, he gets the job done. He's a competent one. <laughs> oh, never said, I never said he wasn't. He is, he is the most vicious one of them. And D. Bradley Breaker literally said, you know, when he was coming up with a voice for Crosshair, it was a snake mm. that he was coming, you know, that he thought of. And, and you know, like this, you know, there's type a, of thing. And that's how he voices There's a deleted him. scene that I know kind of kept making the rounds, or, or at least a deleted, like an animatic that they decided to scrap. And I'm like, oh, that's where Bad Batch started. I see where you did this, Filoni. And it was during a, um, it was for the, it was during Clone Wars. And it was Rex basically when they were going to go in to go find Echo. And the line had gotten changed, but the animatic was made and the line was cut. And it was basically Rex saying, you know, we need to go, you know, find them you know because we left our man and crosshair turns around and says something along the lines of you know if it was if if it was me that was left behind i wouldn't have been so loyal and they got rid of that line mm. and i'm going oh <laughs> you you saw that and had a plot bunny and decided to make a new make a whole new series to make this do this mm. to me darn, darn it straight. here take my money my uh exactly. one of my favorite lines and moments and he did looking did. behind you yeah <laughs> my one of my favorite lines and moments in the whole series is at the end i think it's in the last episode when crosshair says oh you guys are taking orders from a little girl now it's like but they're like 
she's older than us. Like she's mm-hmm. our, like, she's our, like, you know, and then, and, and, you know, obviously it's proven in that episode too, that he takes her, you know, uh, for granted as well. Like he, he underestimates her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if it wasn't for her, he would be, uh, he would be drinking some water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd be doing the backstroke folks. So, Come on, so Mike, what about you? What, uh, what's something else this season that has appealed to you? Oh, a lot of the callbacks were just amazing this whole season from, you know, being able to see Hera and Chopper and even voiced by the same actress, but, you know, younged up and with a French accent, which was just awesome. That was, it was, it was awesome to see. Um, It was great to see Freddie Prince Jr., uh, you know. And it was then the for me my geek out moment actually in all truth was Cad Bane. Mm, yes, it was awesome. Cad Bane is one of the coolest characters, and the new rumor going around is that we're going to see him in the Book of Boba Fett. You're going to see a live action version. He of is that. hard to kill, which is really well. Awesome. I mean, and he did and, he did take in Boba for a while. In fact, I don't know what the yeah I don't think it's it's this is too soon for that or is this during that time period no it's possibly right after is, this is period, boba with him i mean not not actually on this mission but is he part of that crew now i don't know i get confused so mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so but yeah there there was just so many good and then rex come on you know rex is just yes. the coolest anyway and it was and the beginning of the building of the rebellion and you also had you know the characters that they introduced also in at the end of clone wars with who was helping out asuka the two sisters Mm -hmm. you also had them in this and it was everybody loved them in the the last season oh yeah they were my favorite (laughs) with the new york accent the brooklyn accent i I noticed that felody was like i'm not making you didn't come out with a series of uh, with a new series with those two uh, to bridge the gap, but yeah. no, and I, I enjoyed. There was a lot of cool stuff in this, and I'm very curious to see where they go from here. And I'm not going to touch on that yet because I know we'll get yeah. that in a few. But I just, I just, there, each week was a joy. It actually had me looking forward to a Star Wars show again, you know, and that's what made it awesome. Like, you know, something like with Star Trek with Lower Decks and stuff. I enjoy it, but it's like, oh, if I miss a week, I'll I'll catch it next week or whatever. Bad Batch. It was like, oh, it's Friday. I've got to watch Bad yeah. Batch. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, I mean, I think I say that so. in anything that Filoni's like, you know, uh, you know, if, if he's like, I don't, if he's involved, I'm I'm there when it's released. Um, but um, and and I've already mentioned this, but yes, I think my 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 peak moments have been um i mean watching the crew go on missions and everything and sid is great um uh you know um uh to have her um to have her voiced by um uh Rhea perlman is just like amazing like oh Rhea perlman's in a bar again mm-hmm. um but um but i not much of a stretch no, there, folks. Come sort on. Of a combination <laughs> of what you were saying, Mike, too, is like I like the the callbacks or the call forwards 
in far as the storyline and this is we're seeing the seeds of the rebellion we're not only seeing the empire you know become the empire but we're seeing the seeds of the rebellion starting with very early on i mean obviously we see um uh, Caleb, but I mean, a couple of episodes after that, or even like an episode after that, we see Saw Gerrera, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we see, you know, the what's happening on uh, Hera's homeworld and uh, the the scenes with um, Evan Singh, like it, the separatist movement there. Like, it's just like, that stuff is really like, that's not like, as you were pointing out about Ashley, like, this is not a kid's show. Like, like there's some really like, you know, I mean, George got kind of crazy with the Federation and all that kind of stuff, like in the in the in the prequels. But this stuff is like really like intelligent kind of backstory for every all this political stuff that's going on. And it doesn't feel like it's political, not in a way that's like, oh, God, this is like I don't want more politics in my stuff. This is like really kind of interesting, more I don't want to say moral, but it's like these, these iconic versions of this, this thing, these things, right? Mm-hmm. No, very much so. And this show got very, very dark this season. Yeah. It went to some dark places. And, it's not know. afraid to do that. So, um, all right. So Mike, you kind of handed at it. So, uh, before we wrap up, of course, we have to talk about season two. We know we're getting a second season, hopefully more than that, but, um, and we've kind of hinted at some things that we kind of would like to see, but let's let's put that on record. So, Ashley, let's start with you. What what are you expecting to see? What do you want to see from the from more of the bad? Oh, I definitely want to see them explore more of what's going on with Crosshair. How much of his behavior is due to the chip? How much of it is his own choice? And the really interesting interplay going on there. Oh, can I can I ask a quick, quick, sure. quick question? Do you have a preference? I would prefer that it was his choice just because I think that makes it really fascinating. Like he's not able to necessarily fall back. Oh, it was just the chip. Like he's made this choice. It's not. Yeah. You can't just take it out of his head. Yes, yeah. I think that would add some interesting layers to it. Um, I would also like to see again, more of the exploration of the cloning, like what's going on with that um, Kaminoan scientist who's been taken to this lab like, are we going to see Grogu? Are we going to see Palpatine's weird cloning experiments go on? I really want to see them explore some more of that. Mm-hmm. Melanie, what about you? Um, same thing with with Crosshair. I want I want a redemption story. I want something very Zuko like from the Last Airbender kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Not to just completely regurgitate what what Ashley said. I want to see more Echo. I want to see a little bit more on what's going on with Echo because, I mean, they never really kind of explored any of his kind of uh, PTSD that he must have suffered, you know, being at the hands of the separatists. And I mean, they kind of showed off him being grumpy. I mean, it has been some years and he's done, he's, he's moved, not moved on, but he's grown since then. Um, but I do want to see his gomp attachment. I want to see other attachments on his arm because I've seen other toy lines hint at this. So I kind of want to see that. I see. I see. She wants more toys. I think that's what she's telling me. Hot Toys has something. So people go go look at yourself. So I'm not completely spoiling it. But I have, yeah. I have to ask while we're on the subject of toys. Now, uh, you have uh, people can't see this because uh, we are an audio podcast. But 
you have a fine set of Bad Batch figures. Now, are those from the Bad Batch series? Are they from the Clone Wars? Where? What? What? Are they? Are they Black series figures. They're black series. Uh, okay. There, there's many of exclusive uh, Bad Batch series figures. Unfortunately, a lot of them are pre-order. A lot of them you have to find them on second hand, like eBay and such. But yeah, the they black series made them. Um, they made Crosshair in his normal his normal Bad Batch gear, and they're apparently going to be making one of him in his Imperial stuff. Um, but they have Wrecker, Hunter, Tech. Uh, they all have that Tamura Morrison kind of face, and then they kind of adjust it a little bit to make it look more like the show. There's mm. no Echo figure on the six inch, but there's going to be a Hunter and an Echo and Hot Toys. So slash gotcha. sideshow. Now, and there is also the Funko. I was just about too. to ask you, Mike, there about that is. too. Like, the, of course, there's Pops. Oh right? yeah. Um, is there an Omega yet? No, not for Black Series. There is uh, Omega is, when it comes to Funko Pops, uh, she's the Target exclusive. You can also find all the Funkos, Bad Batch ones, they made specifically for Bad Batch. But all, like, the the, the record up here, that one was an Amazon exclusive, and you can kind of find those. They were made from when, when Clone Wars had come on. But again, hello, secondary markets. What about what about the? Because uh, I imagine I found all. I imagine, oh, next, brother! <laughs> I we imagine can chat about this. We also got uh, we've got a new crew member too because the uh, the medical droid. What's the uh, AZI? AZI? AZ, AZ, who was right? the same AZ. droid that was helping Fives? If you go out all the numbers out, it's the same droid that helped Fives. Ah. Clone Wars. So uh, so AZ is is going to be with them as well because uh, she uh, she saved him. Um, and so, yeah, I imagine he'll get, maybe he'll come with, uh, uh, maybe that figure. I really need that arc uh, now. So Dave Filoni, hope you're Um, listening. So Mike, what about you? What are are you looking forward to seeing in, in, in the future of the Bad Batch? Well, it's going to be very interesting because, you know, when I heard they were adding Echo to the Bad Batch, I was like, that's almost the same, you know, skill set as tech. And so I was like going. This is going to be interesting, but they complement each other, which was really awesome. And they both don't do the same things. And it's it's a neat experience with the two characters. Where I want to see this show go is I want to see the individualisms of each one still grow even more and become even more so. And, you know, now that they're fighting for themselves – and, you know, they're their own little band, band of brothers, you could say, even, you know, that you, they have their time now to grow and become their own people because they're, they're more than clones now and they're more than just soldiers. And I want to see that come out. And it's only a matter of time till the Empire sends Vader after them. And, you know, Vader's still fairly young at this point. You know, he's, you know, still getting adjusted to being in the armor. He's not Anakin, just Anakin anymore. He's, you know, Darth Vader. And I would be very curious to see what a young Darth Vader is like. How vicious and such, you Vader know. Vader and Crosshair what working together good? against the clones. Man, I do that. You got you sold me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely I could see it for this next season because they waited a couple seasons to bring Vader into Rebels. They didn't bring him in and right away. They're not away. afraid to do stuff but, like that. They're not afraid to like Filoni's proven that he's not afraid to play with the main players. 
I mean, at the end of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. we got Luke back. So, I mean, like, it was like, mm-hmm. they're not afraid to go there. We've seen Leia. We've seen, you know, I, I, who knows, you know, we, we might even. I don't, I don't think we'll see Luke and Leia yet. Cause they're still No, no, infants, I mean, but or... I mean, we have seen them. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know. Yeah. Um, and to your point, the, the infancy, the, the rebellion is still in its infancy, literally. Um, and so, uh, obviously I want to see more play out there, but I don't want every story to be about that. I like the stories. They, to me, they had a pretty good balance between that and the mercenary stories they were on. And I do do love those because then you can see other characters like we got with Fennec Shan and, and Cad Bane and all that. So, I mean, that's kind of a fun. Are you going to still see the mercenaries after them or is that done because, you know, I mean, you know, there's there's a there's quite a number of other uh, mercenaries. In particular, there's one mercenary that Filoni loves that was all over <laughs> Rebels that um, probably is kicking around doing something right now. So, uh, so I would imagine that we might get to see a little bit of him as well. Um, you know, I can't. I, you know, who knows? But whatever it is, uh, I'm there. Any idea like when we might get a second season? Anybody know that? They haven't announced yeah, it's yet. It's going to take a while to produce that. So, so, but um, it does say here in the Wikipedia, if you can believe that, it said the second season is set to premiere in 2022. So, hopefully, we will ha- not have to wait too long uh, to get that to get more Bad Batch. So, if I had to predict, it probably would be fall 2022. You know, it's, a, it's a shame that Disney Plus doesn't give us enough Star Wars programming to like, so that we have to wait. You know, for the next Bad Batch, we don't have anything to hold us over till then. <laughs> no. nothing coming up no. at all no we don't have anything no we don't we don't have like eight other new series that are going to premiere at some point to keep us occupied right yeah. so so yeah they will by the time bad badge comes back we'll be like oh yeah that show <laughs> it's a good problem to have though so awesome guys it's been a lot of fun um we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to close the show Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about season 11 of Archer. So Archer is back for its 11th season. The first episode just aired, and I will say that the start is very much what you expect from an Archer episode. They're out of money. They have to get money. They take on a job to make that money, and a rival group tries to outdo them. Hilarity ensues. I really hope this season is more than just the normal cookie-cutter Archer, though. I have loved the past seasons that gave us a bit more with alternate lives of the characters and different storylines since after a while, there's only so much an espionage group can do, but I will stay ever hopeful that this season will have some good and memorable moments in it because this show can be really, really funny. And it's just finding that funny and not redoing what they've already done in the past too much to try and get that funny being a little bit more creative and this show can do that and they've shown us they can so i'm looking forward to more of season 11 well thanks for listening to a geek girl's take what will i talk about next week you're gonna have to listen to find out welcome to dr geek's laboratory dr geek here with another reminder that the eso network is pro science 
and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Erstition One Podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Mel, you made it through another episode. Yee! Okay. I'm so excited, and it wasn't Doctor Who. Woohoo! <laughs> I think she's trying to say that she's wanting to do more stuff other than Doctor Who. Yes, please. Yes, I could totally tell. So, I know. Very subtle. She like she is man. subtle like a Mack truck, folks. Come on. <laughs> like a sledgehammer at midnight. Exactly. Anything you want to promote or shout out about? Um... You can follow me on Instagram or any of the other socials at at Pieces of Melee, M-E-L-E-E, like the fighting style that I tend to button mash. That would be me. I know I'm going to be going to Fan Expo Dallas, uh, September 27th, or the September 17th, and that weekend, and then on Halloween weekend, I'll be at Fan Expo Denver. So, see an artist alley. That is awesome. I always wanted to go to Denver. It's supposed to be amazing out there. So, very cool. Yes. And of course, Ashley Pauls. Well, thank you. I will take any opportunity I can to talk about Star Wars. I'm shocked. I really am. Or should we call you Ray? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how, what do you got to shout out about this time, my dear? I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my uh, local uh, regional con, Planet Comic Con in Kansas City, Missouri, which happened uh, within the past <laughs> week or so. And it was so nice to be able to go back to the con. And I'm just appreciative of how well-behaved people were. I saw maybe just like one or two people the whole weekend who weren't following the mask mandate. But everyone was very courteous and following the rules. And it was just really nice to be in a geek space and to see people cosplaying and to see how creative people got with the masks. At first, I was kind of bummed thinking, that's going to take away from the coolness of my costume. But I think people did a really good job working that in. So it was really nice to um, get back into some of that and hopefully more as we return to normal in the future. Hopefully same here. Whatever the new normal is going to be. Yes. Is. Yeah. And maybe we'll have to keep masking for cosplays. So I guess there's more opportunity for creativity. Exactly. And I'm looking forward to seeing this coming week at Dragon Con, you know, how they're going to be incorporating masks. And I want to see the Spider-Mans with the masks across and everything like that. Yeah. So it'd be very <laughs> cool. And, you know, the mask will say no way home across, of course. Yeah. And, of course, thank you so, so much for all the wonderful, you know, things you've been doing weekly for us. We do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, the movie reviews online on the on the website. Jeez, you're just everywhere, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Okay. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We have, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you got to shout out about, sir? Uh yes. Well, of course, I'm. I continue to shout about the Tiki Zombie 10 Year Tiki Versary Kickstarter that is currently going Woo! on. Uh, we just uploaded. Thank you. We just uh, uploaded a video uh, uh, sort of presenting uh, the um, and had a lot of fun with it. So 
the video came across, uh, came out pretty nice. I, I'm really happy with it. So I, I appreciate everybody who helped with that, uh, starting with uh, Ricky Zero, our good friends Ricky Zero and Bambi Lynn, who were on last week's episode. Uh, John Cogwheel, who uh, didn't help directly, but he made that beautiful Tiki Zombie mask, and we used that. Um, and then uh, Jonathan Chafin, who provided the wonderful location that we shot in. So uh, it couldn't have happened without those four individuals, and it was really, like I said, a fun fun thing to do to create this little Tiki Zombie video. And uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be more of those. That's awesome. I can't wait to see. And since you've made it to your goal already with Kickstarter... What are some of the bonuses that you guys are going to be pushing out? We are, we are, uh, we have discussed that and we are going to be releasing those uh, probably not this week due to Dragon Con, but starting next week, uh, we will start uh, announcing what our stretch goals are and add-ons and whatnot. So they get people even more excited about, uh, about the books and, and the things that we're doing. That's awesome. So. And, you know, I'm sure they are excited about it because, it's a great project and it's a worthy goal, my friend. It truly, truly is. Thanks. And for me, I am just going to shout out that I will be seeing a heck of a lot of you this coming weekend at Dragon Con. You know, it's going to be a weird one for me. This is our first con that I've gone to since October of 2019. So this is, you know, going to be culture shock. So if you see it, I'm glad, I'm glad you're starting exactly. Small. We always yeah. start on the small cons. <laughs> I'm glad you're easing yourself back into it with, with a small, uh, oh, event dude, like whenever I, you know, forget, you know, whenever I went back to the beach or went swimming again, I'd always jump in the deep end. Cause you know, I'm a fool like that. So, you know, same thing with me, dude. This is my first one too. So it's going to be like, ah, exactly. Shock. People, people, what am I doing here? Keep away from me. Six feet apart. Come on. I'll be carrying a pole, a six foot pole around and just like knocking people out of the way at the con and everything. Get away from me. So I'll, I'll be fine. Don't worry. It's not going to become a Jerry Seinfeld sketch or something like that. So it'll be a lot of fun just to see tons of friends we haven't seen in a while. I'm not really planning on doing a lot of socializing. Um, planning on mostly, you know, going to my panels and then heading back to my room, you know, type thing. And, you know, maybe I'll pay a visit to Artist Alley to go visit Mike and stuff like that. And, you know, definitely. What, what again, is your your number up at the outer style uh table number is uh, table number is please check Thanks. table 520 in artist alley which is the fourth floor of the uh building two of the america's mark so you know dragon con has just gotten so big that you know they've spread into the convention center of called america's mark and so it's gonna be very interesting to see how this all comes about but it should be a lot of fun and we'll be talking all about it next week but you know what else we're talking about next week? We have another Marvel movie, folks. That's right. We have Shang-Chi. It's going to be a ton of fun. I read the comics as a kid, and I'm going to be curious to see how this comes to life and how it ties into the rest of the Marvel Universe. You know what? It's going to be a ton of fun. Marvel has not steered me wrong yet. We haven't even started getting more into what if. It's going to be, you know, there's tons of great stuff going on there. We could do a whole episode on just that Spider-Man oh, trailer. Yes, we could. Yes, we <laughs> could. And, you know, if things go, we might have to. So we'll see. But until then, we will be back again next week, like I said. And we want to hear from you. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We 
always love to hear from you guys. And as we always also like to say, thank you for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We are powered, of course, by nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music and Audible. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yeah, we're not too proud to beg on the show. And hopefully we'll see a lot of you at Dragon Con, so that way you can tell all your friends, hey, we ran into the Earth Station One crowd. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Melanie D, and Ms. Ashley Pauls, thank you as always for listening. Oh, I forgot to mention, we are doing an Earth Station One panel at Dragon Con. We are doing the 25th anniversary of Fargo. And it's going to be a ton of fun to talk about our favorite Midwest uh, film done by, of course, the Coen brothers. We will be doing that on Sunday, correct, Mr. Mike? Absolutely. Yep. We are doing it at the, basically, the American classic sci-fi track in the basement of the Marriott. Definitely look on your Dragon Con schedule or actually just, you know, find us on the website. We're up there. Earth Station One. It's not that hard to find us. So we will be there. We will be saying howdy. We will be saying hi. And if, you know, if somebody comes up and say, I'm your biggest fan to Mr. Mike Gordon or myself, you might get a special gift. You never know. So until then, my name is Mike Faber. Please take care of yourselves. Please get vaccinated, folks. It's getting dangerous out there again. And give your, your loved ones a hug. You know what? Take advantage of it. You never know what can happen. And you know what? This time is really weird. But you know what? We have the bad batch, so it's not so bad. We will see you all here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we are done. Woo! See you at the con. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.